Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. One of the major themes of Parshas Vayetze is the struggles that Yaakov had with his father-in-law, Lavan. Without going into the details of the stories, we know that Lavan tried to cheat Yaakov out of the wife that he wanted to marry, and Lavan took advantage of Yaakov in business many times. Eventually, Yaakov managed through an ingenious and miraculous scheme to make a fortune in Lovin's, with Lovin's flocks of sheep. And then, when Lovin heard about it, he chased after Yaakov, intent on killing him and all of his family. Eventually, they made peace, and they made a treaty. And finally, near the end of the Parsha, Perik Lamed Aleph, Pusik Nun Gimel, we find that the two of them agreed to the treaty, and it says, Vayishava Yaakov Befachad Oviv Yitzchak. And Yaakov swore to the deal, he swore to keep this treaty, Befachad Oviv Yitzchak, by the fear of his father Yitzchak. Now, Rashi does not comment on this. He does not comment about what this actually means to swear by the fear of Yaakov, although by the fear of Yitzhak, it would certainly appear to be an oath taken in the name of God. And also Rashi does not comment about why Yaakov chose to swear in that particular way. And although Rashi does not comment on this, we have I have mentioned before, in the name of the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zatzal, that Rashi's commentary on the Chumash is a complete commentary. And even in places where Rashi does not comment, but the assumption is that if one would learn the Chumash with a reasonable level of intelligence, and if one would understand various comments made by Rashi in other places, in other places, one can understand every verse in the Torah on the level of Pshuta Mikra, which is, of course, the level that Rashi attempts to explain. So in this shir, I would like to attempt to explain this point, that Yaakov swore, Befachad Yitzchak, he swore by the fear of his father Yitzchak, and I would like to explain it according to to Rashi's opinion. Before we examine how Rashi may have understood this phrase, Bifachat Yitzchok, let us first examine what some of the other commentators said about it and consider whether Rashi perhaps would have agreed with their explanations. The Ibn Ezra says that Bifachat Yitzchok refers to, he says, it is a remez liyom ha this is a hint to the day of the Akedah, to the day when Yitzhak was 
nearly slaughtered as a sacrifice to Hashem. What I think he means, although I'm not at all sure, is that Yaakov swore in a in a feeling with a with an awareness of pachad, an awareness of fear and awe of Hashem, which he he drew inspiration from the fear and the awe which his father Yitzhak for surely felt at the Akedah. Uh, for surely Yitzhak bound upon the altar awaiting for his own slaughter certainly felt a great a great fear a great uh, a great yiras shemayim a great fear of heaven at that moment and Yaakov was attaching himself Yaakov was we would say in the modern way of speaking Yaakov was channeling that feeling when he swore to Lovin this is a very interesting explanation I would say, however, that I don't think that Rashi would accept it. Or let's say I don't think that this is what Rashi wanted us to understand here, because it is, shall we say, too creative. If Rashi meant such a thing, if Rashi wanted to say such a thing, I think he would have had to write it. But since Rashi does not say anything, he does not write anything in his commentary about the words Pachat Yitzchok, I think we have to reject anything as creative as the Ibn Ezra's explanation. We find another explanation from the Chizkuni. Rabbi Chizkiya ben Manayach was a commentator who lived in the 13th century, who often follows upon Rashi and elaborates Rashi's comments. And he says in his commentary here, I'll read a few words. What does it mean, Pachad Yitzchok? Yaakov hiskir lulovin hacherda shecharad Yitzchok oviv. Yaakov mentioned to Lovin the fear that his father Yitzchok had feared and trembled. B'shoa shebo l'kalalei al shenatal habrachis ba'arma. When Yitzchok had come, to, had considered cursing Yaakov because Yaakov had, with trickery, taken the blessings from Esav, as we read in Parshas Toldos, that Yitzchak wanted to bless Esav, and Yaakov, through some trickery, managed to get Yitzchak to bless him. When Esav then entered, just after Yaakov had left, so it says in, in chapter uh, 27, Pasik Lamed Gimel, Vayechrad Yitzchok Charado Gedelo Admoid, that Yitzchok trembled, a very great trembling. Now the Chizkuni is telling us that why was Yitzchok trembling? Because at that moment he was considering cursing Yaakov for his misdeed. And why would Yaakov mention this now to Lavan? Says the Chizkuni, he was saying to Lovan, his arch enemy, so to speak, Afilu Aviv Shutzadik Gomor, even my father, who was a complete Sadik, Hirgishba Atzmai Kishibola Haraloi. He felt a trembling in himself. He felt a terrible fear in himself when he came to treat me in a negative way. At the moment that Yitzchak considered 
cursing Yaakov. In the end, he didn't do it. But at that moment that Yitzhak considered cursing Yaakov, he was grasped by a very great trembling. He was grasped by what Yaakov now refers to as Pachad Yitzhak, the fear of Yitzhak. So out of all the appellations for Hashem by which Yaakov could have sworn, he chose this one, the Pachad Yitzhak, the fear of Yitzhak, to hint to Lavan that I'm not a person that one can mess with. Don't mess with me. Because even my own father, the great Sadik, when he had a legitimate reason to be upset with me, he, he f- was gripped by a fear and trembling, and he couldn't do it. Again, I would say here, for starters, that this is a very interesting comment. To say that Rashi just expected us to understand this is a little, is a little and he therefore didn't write anything, it seems uh, unlikely. Furthermore, if we go back to those psukim, if we go back to that Pusik, Perik Chav Zion, Pusik Lam and Gimel, we will see that there seems to be a difference of opinion between Chizkuni and Rashi about that Pusik itself. The Chizkuni explains on that Pusik that why did Yaakov, uh, why did Yitzhak uh, tremble when he, when Yasef came in and he realized that he had blessed, quote-unquote, the wrong person. So the Chizkuni quotes Rashi, who says, He saw Gehenim, he saw hell, or some sort of a place that was open up in front of him, from underneath him. Now, the question is, underneath whom? The Chizkuni says, Lefisha saw the Kalelis Yaakov. He seems to be saying that Yitzchok saw Gehenim open up under his own feet because at that moment he was considering cursing Yaakov. That's how the Chizkuni explains the Pusik. However, if we look in Rashi, Rashi also quotes this Medrash that Rashi does not complete the sentence. He doesn't say why, and he doesn't say under whom was Gehenna visible. But the Gorarie, the Maral says, it means Tachas Esav. When Esav entered, Yitzhak sensed, although he could not see him, and he wasn't sure who he was, but he could sense all kinds of negative energy coming into the room. He was He saw Gehenim under Esav. And therefore, that was why he was Vayechrad Yitzhak Charadog He saw that vision of Gehinoim underneath Esav. He began to tremble. That's a very frightening sight. Not because he intended to curse Yaakov, and anyone who attempts to curse Yaakov is going to be gripped by a terrible fear because one cannot curse Yaakov. No, 
That's not how Rashi explains this Pusik. Rashi explains that when he when Asaf came in, he now saw clearly the all the chesreinos, all of the disadvantages, all of the negative qualities in Asaf's character, which previously he had not been totally aware of and did not fully understand. However, you'll explain it in one way or another. Yitzhak always advocated for Asaf, but now he saw all the negativity about Asaf, and therefore he feared and trembled. But according to at least the Gur'aryeh's interpretation of Rashi, according to that, Yitzhak never had a thought of cursing Yaakov, and therefore it would not be possible to say on our Pasuk, that he swore by the fear of Yitzhak, his father, that he swore, it would not be possible to say that he chose to swore by that name of Hashem in order to hint to Esav that anyone who tries to curse, in order to hint to Lavan that anyone who tries to curse me is not going to be successful. How then can we explain this expression, Befachad Yitzchak, according to our knowledge of Chumash itself and according to Rashi. There are three psukim with three comments by Rashi, which I think can be the key to understanding this Pasuk. First, let us go to Parshas Ekev, Perik Yud, Pasuk Chof, where it says, Es Hashem Hashem your God, you shall fear, Oso Savod, him you shall serve, Uvo Sidbok, and to him you shall cling, you shall come close, Uvishmo Tishavea, and in his name you shall swear. Some people might be surprised to hear that the Torah is here commanding us to swear in Hashem's name. We are often accustomed to thinking that it is completely usher to swear. That that is not so. We'll see in a moment how Rashi explains this, but there are certainly situations in which it is a positive thing to swear by Hashem's name. Let's see the Rashi on this Pasuk. Es Hashem Elokecho Tiro Loi. Hashem Elokecho you should fear and you should serve Him and you should cling to Him after you will have all of these midas, you will have all of these traits, that you will be a person who fears Hashem and serves Hashem and clings to Hashem, then in His name you will swear. Meaning, if you will be someone who truly fears Hashem, someone who truly serves Hashem, someone who is truly clinging to Hashem, so then you may swear in Hashem's name, and it is proper to swear in Hashem's name. Lahavdil, when a person says, I, I swear on my mother's life, what's the point of that? The point is that it's understood that his mother's life is something very precious to him. And that's why he swears by it. A person who truly, a person that truly to him Hashem is very precious, that is appropriate that he should swear by Hashem's name. That's point number one that we see according to this Pasuk and this Rashi that a person should not swear in Hashem's name unless he has arrived 
at such a level that he is dovek, that he is clinging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Source number two is in Parshas Vayera, Perak Chav Beis, Pasek Yud Dalet. And this is following the story of the Akedah. When it is all over, it says, Vayikra Avraham Shem HaMakoimahu, Hashem Yireh. Avraham called that place by the name Adonai Yireh. Hashem will see. That it will be said today, meaning as Rashi explains, it will be said in all the generations. Bahar Hashem On the mountain of Hashem, it will be seen. Now, what is it that will be seen? So, according to one explanation, a midrashic explanation that Rashi quotes, it means Bahar Hashem on the mountain of Hashem it will appear, it will be seen, Ephraishal Yitzchak, the ashes of Yitzchak, Savur Vaimed Lechapara. The ashes of Yitzchak are piled up and standing for a Kapara as an atonement for all of his descendants. Now, of course, in the simple, plain, visible reality, Yitzchak was not slaughtered, but according to this Medrash, because he was willing to be slaughtered, and because Avraham was willing to slaughter him, therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu considers it as if he actually was slaughtered, and his body was burnt upon the Mizbeach, and therefore his ashes, so to speak, remain on the Mizbeach for all generations, and when Hashem sees those ashes, He sees the dedication that Yitzhak had, and the clinging that Yitzhak had to Hashem, and he remembers that, and he that is used as a merit for his descendants. Now, from this Rashi, we see that when you talk about dvekos, when you talk about clinging to Hashem, there was no one like Yitzchak. So, so far, we have shown two points. If you want to swear in Hashem's name, you have to be dvek. You have to be someone who is truly clinging to Hashem. Point number two. Nobody was ever dovek to Hashem like Yitzhak. He was certainly a amazingly astound, outstanding person in that capability of being close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the point that he it is actually considered as, as if he had himself sacrificed to Hashem. And point number three is to explain the word pachad. And how does the word pachad relate, or how does it differ from another word in Hebrew, yira, or moira? So let's go to Parshas Ekev again. Perik Yud Aleph, Pasik Chav Hei. And here the Torah is telling us that if we will do all the mitzvahs, if we will follow everything that Hashem wants from us, so when we will enter Eretz Yisrael, and attempt to conquer the land, we'll have an easy time of it. The Pasuk says, No man will stand up in front of you. No one will, will get in your way. Your pachad and your moira, Hashem will give upon the whole land, etc. 
So both the word pachad and the word moira mean fear. But, but Rashi here explains. Rashi raises the question, isn't pachad simply another form of moira? It's, they're both types of, they're both, both words are translated as fear. Ella, rather, says Rashi, pachtechem alakroivim, your pachad will be upon those who are close by, those nations that are close to you when you enter Eretz Yisrael, al and your moira, or your yira, will be upon those who are farther away. Pachad l'shoin bi'isas pisoim. Pachad is an expression of a sudden gripping of fear from something that is right in front of you. Moira, however, Moira, says Rashi, is l'shoin de'aga. It is an expression of worry, miyamim rabim, from many days previous. So we see here that the word pachad refers to a fear that one has in the face of something that is directly in front of him. Now let's put all three of these points together. You're not allowed to swear in Hashem's name unless you are clinging to Him in a very intense way. Point number two, no one was clinging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu the way Yitzchak did. And number three, the word pachad means a fear of something that is right in front of you. Now if we put all three of these together, we can say with very little, uh, with really a minimal amount of thinking, that this is the meaning of the phrase here in Parshish Vayetzei, Bifachad Yitzchak, that Yaakov swore Bifachad Yitzchak. He swore by the Pachad that his father, that his, that his father um, felt. In other words, when Yaakov needed to swear, he needed to swear to Lovan. So, of course, he needed to arouse in himself a certain dveikus, as much dveikus, as much clinging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as possible, because this is the midah that one needs in order to be able to swear by Hashem's name. And therefore he chose to, to swear by the name, by the appellation of Pachad Yitzchak, because that name indicates the dveikus, the clinging that Yitzchak clung to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the exceptional closeness that Yitzhak had to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And by, as we said before, by channeling this idea of Pachad Yitzchak, Yaakov was able to arouse in himself the proper level of dveikus, of closeness and clinging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is necessary for one who wishes to swear in Hashem's name. As opposed to the comments that we mentioned before from the Ibn Ezra and the Chizkuni, this explanation that I have just offered uses nothing more than Psukim in the Torah with Rashi's own commentary, and therefore I feel it is reasonable to suggest that this is how Rashi would understand this Pasuk.